Just get the hell out. All right. We are we are live. Rinse and Dogs, episode 12, I believe. And I am with no one other but uh, PCU instructor Andy Kruger. Cheers, sir. Drinks and also, dogs. Annie, uh, oh. we talked about this before. What is the name of the, the wine that you're drinking at the moment? It is, ooh, the, de <laughs> the decoy wine. Nothing you know more fitting. You know how I roll. <laughs> nothing more fitting, nothing more fitting. Ooh, so how's everything been going, man? How's um, how's everything with COVID and all this other stuff going on out there where you guys are at? I'm good, brother. I'm good. Thank you for having me on. My second time on now. I love the drinks and dogs. The only thing I like more than dogs is drinking. There you so go. This, <laughs> this is one of my favorite shows. Uh, we're doing good, man. I mean, we're out in New Richmond, Ohio. It's like 30 minutes from downtown Cincinnati, if you're familiar at all. So we're just enough out there, but not too far out there. So We've been doing good, man. Business as usual. We're training. Uh, we're training ring. We're training pet dogs. All's good here, bro. The Kruger Oasis, man. Like every time I see like the videos of it, I'm like, God damn it! I need to get, I need to like move out of Cali, get over to Andy. It's like it's like hang out and actually, uh, you know, train some dogs in like a peaceful little environment. Back, dude. It's it's the Oasis. And it's not called that for no reason, dude. I knew, uh, you know, I've been here about five years now. And That's the funny. moment I was up to this property, I looked at properties for years and years and years. The minute I pulled up to this property, I had my realtor on the phone. I'm like, why the hell isn't she answering? Da, 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 da. Like I knew right away when I saw this, this place that this, this was going to be it. And then thank God. I mean, I'm sure everyone listening, I'm sure you know how real estate goes, dude. Sometimes dude. it the wild west man so uh we landed the oasis and it's just been freaking amazing ever since man yeah we we love it out here dude you gotta get here dude i'm fucking i'm dying man i know i know my, we're gonna send the guys out in october but i, I hit you up what uh last year right i was like hey so uh when can you come down here and you're like well i'm gonna have a baby in january so my wife will be pissed but i can't, I can't come out there and i was like i was like shit i was like i need to get out there then and then freaking, you know, we were doing our tour. So I was like, all right, I can't move out. There. I can't get out there just yet. But I mean, it's it looks awesome, man. So, and a lot of people don't know this stuff about dog training. And like, because there's a lot more than just dog training with dog training, right? Like, there's tons of things that go on there. Um, and like, you're thinking, you know, the Oasis, did you guys put that pond in there? Or did it, was it just something that was there already? Pond was here, man. Dude, that's crazy. Pond was here. You know what's crazier? This is what's crazier, Mike. I never wanted water. I don't know why. I didn't want water. And I originally saw this property. And you can't really tell from some of the like aerial pictures online, but I was like, uh, all that water, like, I don't know. Oh. Dude, I literally <laughs> didn't. And then when I got here, I looked at it, I'm like, what the fuck am I smoking? I <laughs> immediately. And dude, it's been the best thing. Oh my God, dude, the water game. It's a complete game changer. None of my dogs even swam before I got here. Now they're all like freaking mermaids out there. Dude, but, that's awesome. 
it makes all the difference, dude. Like when you're training dogs, especially professionally to have like a perfect environment that suits that is such a game changer. Cause I've worked at a ton of places and I've like had a bunch of other before this property, I had some other smaller places and uh, you know, it's more of a grind yeah. when you don't have the big space where they can, go out and do their thing so um dude the pond's freaking amazing i love the pond it's awesome it's even got an island on it yeah so i'm like they did I'm it right like, i just keep envisioning like when I, I get there i'm like all right cool so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna go out to the island and he's gonna send his dog and then i'm gonna fight the dog on the island for a little while and he's gonna call him back, <laughs> call him back. dude i've actually always wanted to do that i've never <laughs> done that oh shit so give it a breakdown. Like what's the, what's the, the Kruger Oasis there? How's it, uh, how's it ran? What's the, what's, what's the size? I know it's a gigantic property. I've seen like the videos and if you guys haven't seen the videos of Andy's, um, you know, vlog and everything like that, you guys need to check it out. It's pretty fucking awesome. Obviously talking to Andy, you know what it's like. So give me the breakdown. What's the, the whole, uh, Kruger Oasis going on over there? Dude, it's a, it's a tight ass property. So we got, it's seven and a half acres all completely flat, completely wide open, completely fenced, secure Sick. fence, bro. Seven and a half acres, freaking fenced. I got the driveway gate. No one's getting out of here. No one coming in, no one coming out. <laughs> um, so it's super cool, man. Like if, if you check out the videos, you'll, you'll get a lay of the land, but um, our house sits on five acres. That's the plot of the land, like with the ring field and with the pond and with all that. So that's like the main five acres. But then just like attached to the five acres, it's technically like another plot of land. It's two acres. And that's where it has like all the trees. And like that's where we have people park when we have like trials and stuff. So um, it's, super, it's super cool, dude. And it's nice because like the two acres – has a shitload of trees and it's super shaded. Nice. But then the, the five acres is like a gridiron, bro. Like there isn't a tree in sight. Like if it's hot, you're out it's, there. It's yeah. there. <laughs> you're out there. So like every day here, man, like, you know, I, I do board and trains for pet dogs. So every day I'm, I'm running the pet dogs. I'm, I'm moving them around. I'm training them. I'm doing stuff with them. Um, and then when I'm not doing that, I'm moving my own dogs around. They're all running around, getting their cardio in. They're doing their training. A couple times a week, I'll do ring training. Uh, and if I'm not doing that, I'm cutting grass or hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> trying to trying to maintain that property, man. I love it, dude. I love. I'm freaking. I'm cutting grass. I'm trimming. Um, trimming bushes, dude. I'm burning. We got branches coming down. I'm cutting up the branches. I'm burning them. I'm like a regular old farmer out here. <laughs> dude, you had a freaking over, over here like that. Was, we had a we had a ranch for a little while, that. Uh, and it was all on the hills and stuff. But I mean, with California and the fucking fires all the time, it's like, dude, like we like literally like we just decided like, all right, we can't. We have to move inland. We have to stop doing that stuff because, like, almost every summer around this time, we get evacuated. So I was just like, dude, was like, all right, we can't do that with the dogs and everything. So we're 
we're contemplating moving out of Cali here pretty soon. I like that idea already. I'm sorry. sorry. As, as, as Andy had room for us, then we're going. Well, yeah. let me, yeah, we do. We do have. <laughs> I'll give yeah. you a, I, I have some dogs that do legs. So we're good. <laughs> oh yeah. We got room for you. I mean, we might have to put you in the kennel in a sleeping bag, but it's very nice in there. It's a great temperature. I mean, great temperature in there. As long as the AC is all right, or like, you know, it's like, you know, mild 70s, 60s. My girl's from Minnesota. I'm from California. We'll be fine. Okay. <laughs> the next mixture there. Yeah, we'll see how you do. We'll give you a weak test run. Right. And, um, Humidity you know, might be a little work bad. Out after but... that, we're going to boot you the hell out of here. Right. <laughs> Mike can't work dogs. You got to get the fuck out, man. You got to get the... <laughs> so... Yeah, obviously, like, we're doing stuff that's, um, Andy froze up for me for a second here. Let's see if he's going to come back. Gee. We froze Andy. We'll get I'm, there I'm, second. I'm good on I'm good on mine. All right, all right. So, so. <clears throat> now we've been doing PCU here for. <laughs> this which uh so now we've been doing pcu here for what a couple months now how do you uh and this is also like this is i mean obviously you've been in the industry for a long time you know what uh and i like we talked about it before like you know this is all like never been done stuff what's your experience like with uh doing the pcu courses dude doing the pcu courses i've never been more excited to shoot a video I'm dead serious. I'm dead serious, dude. I probably worry about it too much, but every time I know I'm getting ready to shoot a video, like, dude, the day before, the day before I'm out there, logistics, I'm getting stuff set up, camera, equipment, planning out where we're going to, you know, I, I don't plan it too much, but, uh, dude, I get excited to do these videos because I've never, I've trained with a ton of people. I've been to a shit ton of places, um, but like the video things always interested me a ton because when I was a youngster and I was like, hey, how do I learn how to do this? You're not gonna find a damn thing online yep. that is freaking nonsense. So I've always kind of had it in the back of my, like it would be really cool to do some kind of format like this. You know, obviously I never thought of it to this extent, but Dude, my experience has been pure freaking excitement. I'm excited to do the videos. I'm my worst critic. So every time I do a video, um, I know it was good, but I think it sucks. And it makes me even more excited to do the next one. Uh, so just for me personally here, shooting, shooting my videos has been fun, dude. Very fun. Love it. Awesome, man. That's a... Uh... So like when we first started thinking about the concept of like PCU, you know, originally it was gonna be like, oh, we're gonna do like, you know, you know, primal can and stuff like that. Well, blah. I was like, it was like, I talked to Roman. Obviously, you talked to Roman G, and I was like, it was like, I gotta get the, these guys in. And then once me and you started talking, I was like, we need to fucking Andy in. Like, there's his yeah. uh, energy is like fucking like contagious. Like, we need to make sure like we get them in there. So we've even like, you know, me, um, G, Roman, even like all my staff in general. Like, it was like, if Andy's going on, it was like, we're all watching. <laughs> we're, we, we got we to gotta wa watch it because it's the it's the, the funnest part 
uh, yeah. about it. And like, I, I love the, like the spontaneousness of like how we do it because for those people who don't know about like PCU and like everything that they, you know, you guys were watching right now, it's, it's, com it's typically recorded completely live. Completely. Yeah. There's, it's raw as it possibly can be. And I think that's one of the greatest things. Um, I mean, we just did, we just did, uh, your Sunday course is going to be different, but because of this internet, but, uh, dude, like it's so raw as possible. And I think that's one of the most beneficial parts of, you know, these courses. Agreed, dude. Agreed. And my course, we did pre-record it because my internet sucks, but make no mistake about it. It was one goddamn take. I look like a fool in it a couple different times. It's one take all the way through first try. And that's interesting that you say that because um, I had my buddy filming it and he actually hasn't, he hasn't seen any of this stuff and he hasn't filmed any of any of this stuff before. Um, so I had him filming it. And at the end he's like, dude, it's so cool like the rawness of it like yeah. there's there's other places out there where you can find dog training videos and they're good it's very produced there's many takes there's editors there's multiple cameramen so my buddy was like that was filming it he's like dude i want to see mistakes like i want to see good trainers like flub up a little bit and then have to work it out um so him myself and you know other people i've been hearing from that's the shit, dude. Hit record and see what you can do in an hour. Yep. And you'll one take at that. Because if you have a lesson, you can't be like, hold on, sir. Yeah. <laughs> I want to try that again. Be like, what the hell? So, yeah, I think I think that's what makes us unique. It, definitely the rawness. And even though um, some of my courses will be pre-recorded because uh, my internet sucks, it's hit record usually close to an hour you know 40 45 yeah. minutes one take all the way through i don't care how bad i screw up i don't care how bad the dog screws up because likely who whoever's watching it is going to screw up a bunch so yeah i think it's the right formula and i think that's like you know exactly what you just said at the end there it's like a, i think that's what people need to see dog training wise right because i mean like social media everyone sees the fun like the like the the perfect shit and like you know all the stuff but they don't see the reality of what it is like with dog training and even the best dog trainers in the world fuck up and like you know it, it's something like you have to continuously learn and go through and you know like that's like something I, i've always i tell i talk to my guys all the time when i do is like you know it's not always going to be pretty but we're going to get it done but it's showing people that it's you know not always gonna be pretty and we're gonna get it done is the most important thing because they don't have to be like oh shit man it doesn't look like this it doesn't look like that i can just do it this way but you know I, I, that's one of the coolest part about psu that i i really love um and also just the different perspectives i mean we have you know obviously we have you we have you know we have andy we have uh nesbeth we have you know sean Thangachan, we have nino we have so many different perspectives in the dog training world um, and myself, you know, and I think that's just like the coolest thing, just the rawness of it. You know, I think like that's like the the most awesome thing about PCU, and like I, that's you know, it's it's just it's just always fun. Like I always like the, I like to hear like the comments back. I get tons of uh, tons of comments about like your courses all the time. You know, the 
how fun it is and everything like that. So we get tons of requests about, you know, when's Andy doing more courses? When's, <laughs> when, when's he getting back on? When, when can we get him back in here? Smart people watching this. Very smart people. <laughs> oh, dude, like everybody. I, I can't even tell you how many comments I get about anything with like, and like with you, with you, with you involved. It's like, dude, it's like, when's Andy getting back in? When, when can we do this? Freaking Lee, uh, Mono Mike, one of my uh, apprentices, one of my trainers, yeah. he he made uh, a bunch of sticks like based off your course. Yes. So, <laughs> what I'm talking about, dude. I love, I love seeing that because when somebody legit taught me to make a legit baton, that was a game changer for me, dude. I I needed that, so I'm like. Dude, make the baton like this. Are you kidding me? Like, if, if you're not making batons and using them, like, you're missing out, man. I, I love that stuff, dude. Like, with Lee, I love seeing that. Um, I'll get, like, a ton of videos people send me of, um, like, training their stop attack, like, with a ball and stuff. Like, oh, nice. <laughs> dudes, from, dudes from India are, like, messaging me videos. Like, dude, check out this stop attack. You know, he's got, like, a German shepherd. I'm like, Bro, hell yeah, do it. Questions? Yeah. <laughs> that's the cool th I mean, that's another cool thing about like what we're doing too, is that we're now, you know, we're not pitching hell to like being where we are in like the country. You know, we're yeah, we're everywhere. I mean yeah, like it, man. develop craziness. Crazy. Crazy. And it's like all around it you don't realize but the the videos i'm getting the comments i'm getting uh like some of the biggest moments for me like some trainers that that i i really look up to i'd message them a question and then they'd hit me back like with all this info like no questions asked no money nothing and like they just took time out of their day and really sent me a meaningful message to like help me out with my question and i'm like god damn that is so awesome so anytime someone messages me like unless you're a complete freak show <laughs> <laughs> unless you're very bizarre like i really do i'll message back um people will send me videos and for free dude for free um I'm giving them like all the information that I possibly can. And I just love it, dude. I love it. Dude, that's just awesome. Like, that's like, we do, I do, well, obviously you guys all, I mean, you know, like I, I do a lot of Q and A's and I yeah. always try to like help out as much as possible. Cause I know exactly like how that feels to be kind of just like, all right, shit, I don't know what to do, but you know, giving that knowledge. It, I mean, for me, like a lot of it's just about helping the dogs. You know, and just making sure, like, you know, we're helping the people, too. Like, making sure, like, they're communicating correctly and all this other stuff. Um, but for me, like, that's always, like, the best part. And, like, the coolest thing I've I've noticed um, in PCU and just the short time we've been doing it, because you literally came on, like, right in the you're the beginning. Yeah. The coolest thing is, like, dude, like, we're, we're hitting the world. Like, we're not hitting, we're not hitting the United States. Like, we, I mean shit I mean like there's people throughout the world that we're talking to and it it's always just awesome to be like all right cool like we have you know a solid team and we're just 
you know, we're continuously punching away and we're providing this information to the world now. So it's like people, like you said, like India, like I had somebody, um, what the fuck, Nicaragua, uh, hit me up the other day. And I'm like, yeah, I watched Andy's video about the stick thing. I'm making this now here. Like there's no dogs when I'm trying to do this. And like, he's trying to do like stick work with like, uh, I was a horrible, I think it was a bull mastiff. I'm like, I was like, dude, I was like, I was like, well, I hope you have training weight pants. <laughs> yeah. You're going to need training weight. Wow. Yeah, that's dude, that's just fun. That's awesome, dude. That's super awesome. That that gets me excited for sure. I love that stuff. It's just and it's it's cool to like to continuously like motivate people to like work with their dogs, even though you know, whatever's going on like throughout even the United States, like United States in general, like we're all kind of separated in different manners because of you know, California is I don't know what the fuck we're doing over here. <laughs> and then, Florida is essentially just like open um, and other other places are the same thing. And like, you know, I don't know, like, I don't know how it's over with you guys, but like, it was like, it's, it's just crazy. So it's just really cool to see, you know, the, you know, what PCU has done in the short amount of time that it's been alive, you know, to kind of teach people and we're working throughout the world now. Dude, it's cool to see. And I'll tell you what, for me, at least, I'm just getting warmed up with my videos. I mean, I think I have like four videos now. Yeah. Maybe four. Like, dude, I'm telling you, they're going to get better, better, better. And we'll be able to hone in better on like what works for people doing this at home. Because like my big thing for the videos, um, for the people listening, like, so, Mike, when you approached me to do the videos, like, I was totally on board. I was game for it. But I was like, what can I do that's going to make this different than, like, so here's your leash. Attach it to the dog. Now, like, what could I do to make this, like, kind of different? Um, people know me probably mostly from, like, French ring stuff. So I'm like what kind of lessons could I do where people could turn off their computer and then go do it? Like, that's kind of what I try to do um, with my videos so far. Not everyone has a really nice club, like five minutes from them. Yep. You know, maybe if you live in, in somewhere in Europe, but for the U.S., like, dude, you know it. You're lucky to train with a decent decoy a couple times a month, once a week. Like, you're crazy lucky. Um, so some of my videos, like you definitely need at least one more person and, and a dog, obviously, but for a couple of my videos, it's like, I want people to turn off their computer and then like go out and then get started on it. I don't want people to think like, well, Andy taught a stopped attack, but you have to have a, a trainer, a decoy, a blah, like I don't have any of that. So I try to make stuff like people can just do bro like with the stick yeah. with the stop attack um with some of the bungee technique stuff i do like find a friend and go out and train like quit waiting to go to club so that's what i think is cool about it like i try to make french ring stuff but that you don't need like some giant french ring club to to train yeah and that's i mean like that's one of the coolest things about like the uniqueness about like the courses that you have you know, it's just things that like people, I mean, most like, you know, the norm, like the normal people that aren't in our world, they don't really think about, you know, like, 
you know, like the bungee course, the stick, how to use the baton, you know, how to make the baton, like, you know, what you're doing on Sunday, all these things people don't really and like necessarily think about it's, and I, I see this more in California, everyone's just like, well, I got a body. So I'm a semi dog. And yeah, that that is to me. And you know, my guys will always, you know, I, I'm even crucial on my guys and my both of my guys are we train them up to be PSA, um, PSA certified, certified decoys. Yeah. Um, I have freaking, I have two new apprentices who I, I, I put through the, the freaking ringer all the fucking time. <laughs> like no matter what. Um, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like it's like, I, I tell, I mean like, and that's the thing, like people don't understand the importance of a decoy and a good decoy. And that's, <laughs> That's mean, like, that's it's worth its weight in gold when it comes to, like, what you're working when you're working dogs, no matter what sport you're doing. Decoy is everything. And it's every decoy is different, man. It's just, it's crazy, dude. It's, it's, it's crazy. A, a good decoy, though, is everything. And I've seen people that they're crazy lucky. They get into dog sports. They win the lottery. They get a really nice dog. And they win the lottery. They train with a really good decoy all the time. Yeah. And they <laughs> dude, they don't know what they have. They go, oh, yeah, you know, they just take it for granted. They move away, and then they're like, dude, to have a really nice decoy you work with consistently, you don't know what you got un until you got it. Like it's um, it's everything, dude. Everything. Good trainer, a good decoy. You could have a great dog that turns to shit, or you could have a great dog that's a world champion, and it probably depends on your training director. Yep. Quite honestly. Oh, it's huge, man. Like, that's – it's it's one of the most, like – especially when you talk about protection sports or just protection in general or anything like that. I feel like that's one of the most – like, the decoys itself, is. I feel like it's one of the more underrated um, like aspects of – you know, dog training is just, you know, appreciation of that decoy and knowing what they're teaching your dog because they control a lot of those things. Yeah. You know what I think, you know, what kind of bothers me sometimes is the word decoy, 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 decoy. He's a decoy. She's a decoy. Yeah. My dad's a decoy. My brother's a decoy. He's a decoy. Anyone that gets into a suit and catches a dog is now all of a sudden a decoy. Um, <laughs> That kind of drives me crazy and it kind of it's like the same way it drives me crazy when like a pet owner's like look so i've been doing the training myself and i've been training my dog to do this and i'm like bitch you ain't been training anything what are you talking about you ain't well i've had dogs my whole life <laughs> a trainer this is it, it's kind of the same with a decoy it's like hey there's a difference between a guy who suits up and catches dogs and a decoy there's a difference between that. And in fact, um, in France, I have been lucky enough to, to go to France a couple of times to, uh, to train and to compete as a decoy. A lot of the decoys in France, if you call them a decoy, they'll get pissed. They're like, they're like a fucking decoy. They're like, I'm a man of attack. That's what they like to be called. They like to be called a man of attack. They're like, decoy means dummy. Oh, shit. It really does like decoy, like for a hunting dog, yeah. like you put the decoy, it's a dummy duck. Like it's yep. nothing. 
the piece of styrofoam. It just sits there. So some, and maybe some of it's like a language type of a thing, but they're like fucking decoy. Oh, I'm a sitting duck. Like I'm a, I'm a sitting duck that just sits out there and gets played. He's like, hell no, I'm not a decoy. I'm a man of attack. So I've kind of adopted that same philosophy. I mean, I call myself a decoy, but, um, big difference between someone that gets in a suit and catches dogs and a decoy. Yeah. I mean, like, that's the same thing with, um, like shits and like, I started 16 years in shits and like, you know, that's, it's helper. You're a helper. You're not a decoy. You're helping the dog. You're doing this. You're helping the handler. You're doing this stuff. You're a helper. You know, you're, you're, you're doing that. And like, I, I completely agree. I mean, cause I, when I first got into like um, gun, like I did gun dog stuff. I was like teaching, like I, I was learning of this dog named Gogo. Like I think it was the same around time. And like, you know, I was like decoy. I was like, and I'm getting like decoy ducks, decoy this, decoy this. Like, I was like, that's not what the fuck I do. Like, yeah. It was like a split second where I felt like a bare minimum of like disrespect when it was like, all right, you're a decoy. Like it yeah. was a tiny little spe- like speck of it. And I was like, ah, those are the little dead ducks or the you know, little buoy things that we throw out there. I, I, I completely, I completely get that. And like, that's, I think like, that's a big thing that a, a lot of people don't really like understand, you know, like anyone can get, like you said, anyone can get jumped in a suit, get bit by a dog. What you're teaching that dog and what you're teaching in that lesson is completely different. And it, it, it's also always very scaled by, you know, what, what sport, what you're doing, you know, what the decoy is, what level the decoy or the, what level the, whatever we're talking about the person uh, in the suit, what level they're in. Um, you know, and I think that's really important. You know, I think that's, you know, like I think I mentioned to, I was mentioning to you earlier when, in like, you know, in the pre-show stuff, you know, I, I worked some, you know, FR2, FR1 dogs on Tuesday and like, and by no means am I a French ring, de- uh, French ring decor man of attack per se. But, uh, you know, I, you know, I, you know, I know the basics of what I'm doing and how to counter and work the counters and all those other things. And I was just like, it was like, it's, there's such a vast variety in, you know, being a man of attack, being a helper, being a decoy, doing whatever you're doing. I mean, I'm yeah. flying out in, I think a week and a half, I got to go to, I'm going to Memphis and I'm most of those dogs are like APPDA dogs. And if you're not, yeah, if you're not familiar with that sport, it's completely different than uh, like every other sport <laughs> sport. Completely. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's and a different type of dog, different type of, you know, thing that you're working with. And, you know, it's funny, like, you know, we do a lot of PSA. We do a lot of personal protection. We do, um, I do a lot of IP, IPG now or whatever fucking acronym they have for it now. Um, you know, I, I, we do a lot of things like that. And it's it's the adaptability to understand it. And like, that's like, for me, like I always think of decoying or like, you know, helper or man of attack. I always think of it as like combat sports. Like you're a coach. Me too. That's why that's like, my, my what, what's your personal thought on that? Dude, you know what? Just to like <laughs> piggyback off that a little bit. I do think of it as like um, like an athletic competition, like you're a competitor, you're a, you're a coach. But like one of the hardest parts about being a decoy, a man of attack, a helper, is like 
the balance between like thinking you're a bad motherfucker and know exactly what you're doing, but then also realizing like, bro, you're a white belt. You don't know shit. So like, and I think that's the balance between a good decoy. Like for me, I know that I know my shit and I know that I can fuck out of a dog. Sorry, mom. I got a potty mouth. I think my mom's like, <laughs> sorry, mom. I've been, come sorry, on. Sorry, mom. All right. Um, dude, it's so hard that like, I know what I'm doing. I have, I have the most confidence in myself. Like I invest in myself. Like I'm my favorite decoy. Um, like I think I'm the shit. I'm going to put all my money on myself in a decoy competition. So like, I, I do think that I'm the shit. Um, but then on the other hand, I know that I know enough to know that I don't know shit. Yeah. I try to show up as a white belt and I love learning and I love someone telling me like, okay, you teach me now. And so a good decoy has to be very skilled and extremely confident in what he does, but also realize that like, you don't know that much, bitch. Yep. <laughs> Dude, so, I think I, I feel like that's like one of the most like perfect like explanations of what like being a good decoy is. You know, you have to be confident in the sense like, oh, hey, I can do this, I can do this, but like also understand like there's so much more to like you know learn in that essence of it. I mean, like you know, we've worked. I mean, I've worked so many different like different types of dogs, different types like in everything like sleeves, suits, whatever it may may be. And there's times where I've shown up in places I'm like, well, well I don't know what the fuck you guys are doing. I don't know what the fuck. I got to learn how, like, how the fuck to do this now. And, yes. you, know, my, you know, my our main concept, and, like, this is why, you know, and Matt, Lee, the guys, all my apprentices, you know, they'll they'll all 100% say, like, what I tell them to do is, like, when you show up somewhere and you're with another decoy and you're in a seminar, you shut the fuck up and you listen. You don't say shit. You listen to what the hell they have to say and you just shut the fuck up and you learn from there. And like, I do the same thing, you know, whenever I go to someone's like, if I were to go to your place, I'd be like, all right, cool. I don't know what the fuck's like, I ain't doing shit. I'm fucking, I'm sitting here listening to what you have to tell me to do. And it doesn't matter, like, you know, it doesn't matter how many dogs you work. It doesn't matter what certifications you have. It doesn't matter any of that stuff. You know, everyone has something to teach. And I took that away from, you know, mixed martial arts and boxing and everything. Like, sometimes you're the, you know, sometimes you're the hammer, sometimes you're <laughs> Sometimes you're not the hammer and you know, that's, that's the other thing. Uh, you know, yeah. You're the sparring partner, you know, you're the can, you know, and that's a big thing for me. Like I, and that's why, um, you know, cause a lot of people ask me like, you know, why don't I do trial stuff? And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm consistently the can. Like I'm the one that's teaching the dog how to get. So that trial mindset versus, you know, the training mindset is always very different. So like you can switch back and forth but it takes a very specific person to be able to manage both of those. It's hard to switch, dude. Dude. It is hard to switch. Like you like literally it, it, a great comparison is like a decoy is a, a martial artist of sort. And like, you kind of have to be a mean motherfucker in some senses to be a trial decoy. I mean, you really do. I heard a, I heard a fighter one time, an MMA fighter. I'm a big MMA fan. I heard an MMA fighter uh, talking about his upcoming fight and he goes, and then I'll have to summon the demons. 
Yep. And I was like, really, like, um, when you go into competition, you have to work within the rules, just like you would in any kind of a sanctioned uh, combat. But there's something called presence with a decoy. There's something called presence just with people in general. Like when a guy walks in a room, everyone in the room stops and the energy changes. Like that's someone who has a lot of presence. That's someone that commands a lot of energy. So like a world-class decoy, when they step on the field, there's just like a different Billy. aura around them, dude. Yeah, because they just have this um, – they have bad intentions, man, and they're dangerous and and you can feel it and that's why as a french ring decoy i've been a french ring decoy certified since 2013 but the reason that i set off on the journey is because i realized one day i thought i don't want there to be one dog in the world that could fuck with me like i don't want to be just a protection guy i don't want to be just a this guy I want legitimately, I want to be dangerous to any dog. So world-class French ring dog, world-class. You might trial against me and you might collect a great amount of points and get a great score. And I'll shake your hand. I'll say, great job with your dog, blah, blah, blah. It's all good. Um, but I'm dangerous to the dog. The dog might get their points, but they might not. Yeah. And when I set out on this journey, I said, I want to be dangerous to every single dog out there. If it's a personal protection dog, I'm dangerous to you. You understand? If you're a French ring dog, if you're a high-level French ring dog, I know what to do to you. I know how to pick apart your training. I know how to analyze you on the field. And I know what to do to take your points. Oh, you're going to bite me? Cool story. You're a Malinois, but can I take your points away from you? Because if you fail, ain't no one cares how hard you bit me. Yeah. No one cares about that. So I wanted to be able to pick apart any dog. And if I can be trained to keep dogs off me that are trained to not be kept off, you know, imagine what I could do to a dog that that isn't trained. I mean, it wouldn't even be it wouldn't even be a competition. So that's what like really uh enthralled me with this it was funny i'll bring it back talking about the dog oasis dude when we first moved here like it was the like first day we were here and our neighbors down the street had this nasty nasty like black butt he was probably like 50 pounds just some nasty dog and it would come walking down the street just walk into my yard and just like be aggressive as shit <laughs> Like, okay, this definitely isn't going to work. Um, yeah. RIP, the dog was old. He had since passed. But, dude, I swear to God, the one day I was out there training, and I see this motherfucker coming down the street, and I'm like, hell no. So I just grabbed my baton. No suit. I just grabbed my baton, and I just marched down the street at this dog. And um, it was hilarious. Dude, I'm not shitting you. This dog like charged me, like, and I was like, "Bitch, are you sending me, dude?" I put down the barrage from hell. 
And if you don't know what a barrage is, it's when you take a stick and you make a freaking fan in front of the dog's face. Dude, freak. <laughs> See ya. I was like, get the fuck. <laughs> Come through it. <laughs> Dude, that's like, that was a, when we, before we had our field, that was like our protocol when we were working at the park. It was like, all right, cool. So either Matt or Lee or myself, we'd have like, you know, baton or stick or anything like that. Well, one dog was working because of the, the field that we were in, there's a lot of loose dogs. And it's like where you're at. I was like, cool. It's like every time as I do, it's like if a fucking dog gets on this field, like with our dogs around here and they're coming for us, like you run that fucking dog as no. fast as possible. Like you get that dog the fuck out of here. And like, that's what we, <laughs> what we got to do. So it was like the, it was always like, it was always a thing that we're like, we didn't want to ha happen, but we are like, we hope like, to happen to see if we can do <laughs> to see like if it was in that, it was going to do it. I think it like Matt did, like Matt had to run one dog. Lee had to run one dog, I, I believe. Then it was just like interesting because, you know, like that's like, you know, as far as like being a decoy, like you, you, like you said, you fluctuate between both sides. You know, you have to one build dog, make sure the dog can work and do the, you know, do the job effectively. And uh, essentially like what I tell, um, you know, tell my clients, I tell like, you know, all my guys who are in your trial decoys, I'm like, it's like, I'm, I'm building this dog to hurt you. Like eventually, like my, my job is to make sure it's a training decoy and, you know, people will know different, um, you know, different terms of this, you know, as a training helper decoy, a man of attack, anything like that, you know, there's, you're building a dog to do specific things. Whereas trial dog is, you know, you're running and testing the dogs and doing like what Andy was saying. And like for me, like I, I consistently like you know like when I have all of our dogs, like all the dogs that I work, all the dogs that I train, like my goal is to help them destroy the trial decoy, and you know do that and you know create as much pain as much that because I know exactly like exactly what you're saying is it's the same thing like for me when I was boxing when I had sparring partners and you know when I or let's say I was a sparring partner for a specific fight or anything like that, like I was trying to get them ready for their competition. So that's the same thing for me when it comes to being a, tri a trial decoy. It's like, all right, cool. So I'm going to train you. I'm going to work with you, show you all the pictures to get you ready to do the most damage possible to your competition. And like, that's like, when, you know, again, like we were saying, like, you know, that's why like the rarity of being able to switch back and forth is so hard to find in like really good decoys. Very, very tough. Dude, let me ask. Let me ask you this. I got a question for you. What do you think about dogs that run on the trial field? What do you think about a dog that gets run? Like, I mean, obviously it's not good, but like, I kind of have a theory about that. I don't know. I might. I might. I might be off, but maybe any anyone who's watching this might be interested. Like, let's let's just take PSA for example. Um, in dog sports, I started in PSA, so I'm not a PSA hater. Disclaimer, I'm not. Um, but, like, the thing in PSA is, like, let's run the dog, right? Like, let's run him. Yeah. Let's, ah, oh, sorry. Um, like, what do you think about that? Like, what's be – before I tell you my theory, like, a dog that runs, like, what do you think about I think about there's it? too much uh, – in my opinion um, – and like, like I said, my guys are both PSA certified decoys, um, so we train for it. In my opinion, I believe that there's too much emphasis in on control and neutrality. 
So what happens is that the dogs get compulsed too much to not want to do the specific things they need to do. So they become hesitant on certain aspects of it. You know, a lot of it is, you know, genetics, a lot of it is other things. Um, but I mean, like for the most part, like I think that the focus, especially if it's, you know, protection sports association, I feel a lot of it should be focused on the natural forward aggression and not necessarily the most neutral, neutral aspect of it. I feel like it's a lot of environment neutrality, a lot of just conditioning to be neutral, 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 neutral. And like, you know, like the dogs are like fighting, second guessing themselves. If I have a protection sport dog, if I have a dog who is going to be actively, you know, because that's essentially what the goal was, what PSA was to create, you know, the ultimate, uh, from what, at least from what I know, the ultimate um, protection dog. Right. It, like we're, you know, we're not necessarily doing that because we're, we're doing fucking focused healing. We're fucking doing all this other stuff, like all this other shit, like, you know, that doesn't necessarily apply to being a protection dog. Or law enforcement dogs. And those dogs that, that run away nervous, uh, hesitant, scared, training, genetics, both? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, I think a lot of it, from what I've seen, um, it's been the dogs that I've worked with, either dogs have been, even, like, even my own personal dogs, like my dog Lucy, for example, you know, like I've taught so much control that she's hesitant. And, right, right. Yeah. You know, like she, she's hesitant in the aspect of like ready to go, and you know, right. it depends on what decoy, new decoy that comes involved or whatever it is. Um, the other aspect of what I've seen is just like, you know, what I what I dislike a lot about the PSA is the training aspect of it when it comes to, you know, it's it's catch and drive. And there's no real, I mean, I, and I'm sure you've seen, like, there's no backward movements or, like, let's say French ring or Mondio, like, you're moving, 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 you're, you're not, you're circling the dog or you're doing those things. The dog has a chance to counter and do those things. Whereas in PSA, like, you're literally just running the dog. There's no chance for a counter yet. Right, right. Yeah, I feel ya. I feel ya. You know what my theory is? Like, I think about uh, these dogs and, not engaging and and running away and look i'll be honest it bothers me um when the decoy is proud of that when you go oh i ran this dog oh yeah. i ran that dog and i'm thinking like but that dog wasn't qualified to be on the field like but that dog's a giant pussy but he said, I don't, I don't want to engage you. I'm going to get the fuck out of here. Like, why are you proud of that? Like, I thought you, yep. I thought you went there to, to get into a fight. Um, I don't think that the dog had any business being on the field in that level in the first place. So, like, I don't think a dog running away from me is a victory. I feel bad for the handler. I'll be like, yep. fuck, that's hard. But <laughs> if, if you're a real fucking man, the elite ring three dogs, like my top three ring three dogs. Now, if you can do something to them, now I want to hear about it. Because let's be honest, with the big boys running, <laughs> yeah. running? what the fuck are you talking about running? Dude, the big boys 
your ass is going to be running. I want to know, oh, there was a, a nervous, genetic, poorly trained dog that never deserved to be on. It didn't had any business being on the field in the first place. You yelled at it and scared it. It threw, threw some balls at it and it ran away. Good job. I want to know what you can do. Put down the barrel of balls. Put down the garbage can lid. I want you to go one-on-one with the elite killer who will never run from anything in his whole life. And I want to see you mess with his game. Yeah. Right? I want to see, like, there's some dogs that, uh, that have big names in French ring. And you go, I held that dog off for seven seconds on a face attack. Yeah. <laughs> like insanity. Like I want to see that. Like, I can't even believe that you did that to that dog. I can't believe it. I want to see that. But if you're like, yeah, this bulldog came out and I scared the shit out of him. He ran away. I'm like, yeah. okay, bro. How about a real dog doll for the love of God? I mean, I get the running thing, dude. I, I was at PSA decoy. And when I started, I'd run a dog and people would be like, dude, you're a fucking beast. Like you crushed that dog, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, I'm the best. Uh, but nowadays I kind of look at it and I'm like, dude, that dog shouldn't have even been on the field. What are you talking? I mean, do you want to watch me whoop a second grader's ass? I yeah. will. I don't think anyone wants to watch it. <laughs> Just kidding. I won't. Please, no. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Tell me when we go live. I don't want to say any of this on air. We're gonna like, put that. We're gonna put that live. clip on the actual like cuts the commercial of this. That's the only clip you guys isolate out of the whole thing is when <laughs> second grade. So like I think so. There's a. I was in New York two years ago, and like this was like when I first started getting like I I was like all right cool I'll get back into sport and like I was like all right I'm gonna start. I'll start doing some sports stuff. And it was a PSA. I was uh, doing a working dog thing. I was actually doing both. So I was doing a uh, behavioral workshop in the morning from like nine till five. And then I was doing um, a working dog workshop from like six till 11 in New York and upstate New York. And I was working with a bunch of PSA dogs. And I, you know, the, the crew that was there, the part of their club was already was doing a, uh, a trial in Florida. And I heard of a, a lady named Adrian who was a um, PSA, uh, a PSA decoy, and I and like every because you know like you know how it is like you know PSA it's like oh I run the dog like it's a big you know it's a big dick thing for them, so right. but I heard like inside like you know what she did with the dog that she ran is that she immediately did a flea bite without the judge's consent, and just to build the dog back up, and like for me immediately I was like, I was like that's a decoy that, like for me like that was like that's a decoy like you're you're doing your best to teach the dog something specific like you know to give the win you know yeah and like for me i was like dude i was like dude i was like sick i was like fucking like that's fucking dope i was like dude like you gave the dog a win you didn't just run the dog off and like all of a sudden like ah you know i'm fucking you know you know miss ego or mr ego or whatever it is it was like okay cool i i gave the dog a learning experience yeah that's that's how it should if a dog can't get in and won't bite um you should show it like, Hey judge dog won't bite. You got that. Right. Okay. Here you go, buddy. Come on. It's all right. Yep. It's all right. Now, if it's in a championship. No. Yeah. It's gone <laughs> later, but it, at most trials, I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. There's at, 
at, at most trials, most people are going to have, when you show the judge, look, this dog is not willing to engage and the judge sees it. It's like, all right, we got it. Now give the poor soul a bite for God's sakes. Yep. Totally dude. Totally. I mean, but there's, when it comes to the big events, don't put your dog in there. Don't yeah, put if you're not ready. Yeah, get the hell out of there. Don't put your dog in there. Don't do it. You All know right. what's crazy? It's crazy how a dog can be so goddamn comfortable with your club decoy, and he can be a world beater on your club decoy, and then all of a sudden he bites me and he he's off. Yeah. Or he bites someone. It's really crazy. So don't don't think because your dog smashes your two club decoys that he's ready to go up against. Oh. You know whoever. It's uh, it's crazy how much difference it can make. I mean, I've decoyed against dogs that have um, never broken the line in their life. And if you don't know what breaking the line means, it means you downstay your dog. Decoy runs downfield. Judge authorizes the attack. So breaking the line is when your dog goes before it's okay to go. And then you fail the whole exercise. So I've had a dog who's never broken a line before in his whole life, but the exercise prior, I really got in his head and I really fucked with him. And then on the next exercise, he broke the line and he lost all of his points. And the oh, handler was like, I've never seen him do that before ever. And it's like, when you trial your dog, when you put your dog on new guys, when new guys do different things to your dog, their head goes into different places. They behave different. Um, everything changes. So like experience is such a. Well, it's like you said, it's like the, the presence of a decoy can change quite a bit. I mean, like, for example, like today I worked at Dogo and like I was working at Dogo and carjacking and all this other stuff. And like the dot, like for me, like I like kind of, I could tell everybody, like, I'm always in the training mindset. Um, and I let Matt, uh, Matt, um, one of my, one of my other trainers, another decoy I have, and he had, he's a smaller guy. Like I'm six foot, I think Matt's like five, eight, five, six or something like that. And like he came in and he came in straight forward and the dogo backed up in the car. Like it was just like, so we had to go back into Prego. So it was a completely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, completely different experience. And it changes. I mean, like, and people don't understand the importance of it. I mean, you can, like you said, you can have a world beater. You can have a dog who's going to be a, you know, a bone, like, you know, just a crusher. I mean, I use, um, you know, I have my dog, Lucy, who is a sister to Ozzy, but like, you know, I, I use her as an example in the aspect of it. Cause you know, Ozzy for the most, like Ozzy, like there's not, a, I've not seen one. He's, he's, I don't even know, like 40 something, six, I don't even know how many fucking decoys he's bitten and people right. he's hurt. But like, you know, Lucy, for example, like, you know, if you give her a different position or a different like entry, you know, she's going to change the way that she reacts. Yeah. And like, that's something that's independent on her, but it's always based on that dog that is in front of you and the decoys and the decoys presence. I mean, there's so, and there's so many different applications. Like we talked about earlier of how people decoy. I mean, you know, you have like IGP decoys who come in very straightforward, very defensive. You have, you know, it's, you know, you have, you know, the ring decoys that are very like, 
you know, you guys are very athletic. Like, you move, you go quick. You know, it's not a lot of tons of noise. PSA decoy is very frontal and, like, blah, 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 you know, stuff like that. Same thing with AP, Eric, and PV. Uh, and then APBD, uh, which is, you know, I'm still learning more about, is, you know, very similar in that aspect of it, where it's more frontal pressure going forward and, like, more jamming and things of that nature. So it's like, you know, it's just, there's so many different elements, but it's just preparing. I feel like that's, like, the most important thing, like, as much as you possibly can, but... Yeah, I mean, like when you when you go to what you say, it's like there's dogs, like you know, not not you know, not all dogs are world beaters are gonna stay consistent no matter what they're doing. Dude, you need the the genetics come into play a huge part too, dude. There's been there's been decoys and trials that have taken the field. I wasn't even involved in the trial. These decoys took the field, and I was nervous. I mean, <laughs> that's just the kind of presence. And same for a handler, dude. Like. Handlers should have the same presence um, to be able to. And I to, feel like that's the most important part. The handler. I feel like that's the most important part. Cause if you yeah. like, cause if you step on the field and you're nervous as fuck, like you're just like, you know, you're just like, you know, having that adrenaline dump of, of doing it. Like I haven't competed in sports in a very long time, but like if you have, you step on and you're just like, you know, hyperventilating and you're just like, you know, really nervy about it. I feel like that just transcends to the dog. And then, you know, whatever the thing, let's say, you know, if I put, if I go on the field and like I'm doing French ring, I'm never, like, not really prepared for it with my dog, Lucy, and you're in front of me, I'm going to be nervous as shit because my dog is never, my dog doesn't do yeah. that stuff. And I'm be like, fuck. I was like, happen? yeah, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, so it's my, in my head, it's just not going to be there. And yeah. I feel like that would transcend to the dog. What What is your experience with that? Dude, I've seen, so, I'll give you two, two, one on one spectrum, one on the other spectrum. So I have a handler and a dog and the dog walks all over them. The dog has the handler in their back pocket. It's not obvious. If you looked at it, you'd be like, wow, that's a gorgeous team. One of the best I've ever seen, but I know them. And I know that the dog has the handler in their back pocket. I know the handler's not willing to cross the dog. I know that they're not will like, no, no, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're not in the dog's head. The dog really doesn't give a fuck about them. And if the dog blows them off, okay, you might e-collar me, you might prong me in a trial, nothing will happen. They don't have the dog. They're not in the dog's head and they don't really have control of the dog. And I got the handler like that. And when he walks onto the field, I'm like, dude, you need to have more. Okay. He walks onto the field, starts handling the dog. I was like, dude, if I was the dog, I would slap you right now. Like nothing, <laughs> nothing. Um, and then the polar opposite, um, Herve Mavunga owns Demine, one of the most famous men of attack of all time and handler, just an absolute monster. If you guys don't know Herve Mavunga, how dare you slap yourself right now and then YouTube after this, all that man's videos. He's a monster in the suit. And anyone watching this, if you have a dog, your dog is screwed against him right now. My dog screwed. I mean, he's, he's a legend. But anyway, I watched him handle his dog in the Cup of France two years ago. And I was with that guy training all the days leading up to it. And I shit you not. When that man stepped onto the field with his fucking dog, 
I was sitting there like, <laughs> oh, the dog doesn't mess up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, dude, that man's presence is, un do you know Herve Mavunga? Oh, yeah, I've heard of dude, him. Uh his presence is unreal. We go to a gas station, bro. We're at a gas station. Herve drives around this big ass van with a bunch of dogs in it. He has freaking, I mean, he has, he has like six, nine, like blasting out of the van, like full volume. Like my mom back in America can hear the, can hear the music. <laughs> he comes up blasting. He gets out of the car. He walks into the gas station. He's the biggest, loudest guy in there. He starts bullshitting with the clerk. They're they're chopping it up. They're laughing. He's just this fucking force that enters a room. Like he's just this big presence. And it's the exact same in a suit and as a handler. Like when that man steps on the field, you're like, here comes Herve. Like, I've never even, seen him in person, nor have I met him ever. But like I've always like the what it was like the, there's a photo of like he did like a it was like last year or something, right? Like he, they did like a, a bite suit with like a hoodie or something like that, and like a long dress on it. And they're like, well, and someone was like, what's that? I say, what do you think about it? I was like, well, you can do what the fuck he wants. That's my, that's my, like, like, what, what, what do you mean questioning this? Like, like, demonate. Like, and at that time, I was developing the Rayon suit. So, like, he was like, you know, what, do you have anything about this? I was like, no. Why the fuck would I have anything to say about this man in general? Like, yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. He has such a big presence when he's handling and when he's decoying, it's like palpable to the people watching. Like it really is. You know, when he's on the field, like you, you, pull out, you start recording, dude. Like, you know, some shit's about to go down just from him, like walking out there. Um, so it's, it's such a difference for the dogs, dude. Some dogs walk all over their handlers and it's great for training. And in trial, they get screwed. And, uh, dude, Hervé's dog. I'm going to tell you this. I trained with Hervé multiple days before he competed at the, the championship of France, biggest competition of the year, all the politics, all the drama, lot riding on it for him, blah, blah, blah. It was a huge thing. The training I saw him do the days before I was like, this guy's screwed. I was like, this is terrible. I was like, I couldn't understand it. I was like, dude, your dog, are you serious? What the hell's happening? His dog was one of the best of the day. Nice. His dog, I couldn't understand what, what kind of training he was doing and why. But, dude, that man was so confident. And what he was doing, he like he's just done it a million times. He knows the exact lines. He knows exactly what to do with it. I was like, dude, you're gonna compete against Axel Valan tomorrow with this? Are you fucking crazy? Your dog's gonna die. His dog destroyed in a good way. It was so eye-opening, dude. That trip to France. I went to France in 2018, and I swear to God, when I trained with that guy. Dude, different goddamn level. Because he's just been around the block. He's trained with all the legends. He's trained with all the legendary dogs. And all that just rubs off on him, dude. He is. P 
people can say what they want about him. Some people love him. Some people don't just like anybody who yeah. makes a name for themselves. But, uh, dude, I'll tell you what, you just really can't fuck with him on the field. You just really cannot fuck with him. So it's like, really, what can you say? Cause, Oh, you suck. You can't train, blah, blah, blah. Look at his this score. Is also there. What the that's, why, <laughs> that's why I love dog sports because there's numbers and it's like, I'm the best. You're the best. No, I'm the best. It's like, we have a venue to actually determine who the best guy is. So that's, that's what I love about it, dude. I'm, I'm competitive. I'm a competitive ass dude. And people know to Cali. I'm going to have to, um, I'm going to have to have you. Oh, well, I'm gonna, first of all, I'm going to put like 20 billion gauntlets on you, but, um, we're going to have to work legs, uh, legs with Ozzy. That's fun, dude. He's That'd a fucking be- asshole. That dog literally is punctured Kevlar, fucking special fabric. I, I, I can't, I, I'm developing shit right now that the motherfucker still gets through. The mummify me. How old is that dog? He just turned two. Young buck. Dude, he's a fucking dickhead. I'm like, it was like, he, he just- literally, like I've taught him all the foundational bites. They're like, it's, it's legs. It's just like, you can't even... It's like you can't even just like deal with it. Like it's just like <laughs> it's like like dude, I literally I, I haven't been able to run for months because of that little asshole and then fucking got me in the knee that you popped my kneecap. I was like, he was like All right. Oh yeah, he bites, dude. I can tell he bites. You have to mummify my ass before I get in front of him. Dude, it's like literally gonna have to like horse wrap the legs, put the <laughs> the, 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 the neoprene gauntlets we just made and the primal gauntlets on that thing. I'm like, dude. All right, I need someone that can fucking run. I guess Matt has a Kura suit, and he was out. He's literally one of the only one that can safely, like, work that dog on fendoffs and legs, just because of like he has that. You know, so the Kura does like the they do like a wedge in the front, so they oh. have it that way. So I was like, dude, I was like, dude, just fucking Jesus Christ, man. Hell yeah, I love watching his videos, dude. He's fun. Hey, he's a. He's a He's uh, one of our fun. He's one of our fun dogs. Once we do the uh, the the whole PCU joint seminar with everybody together, which is something I'm working on to get all the whole crew for a full week seminar with the whole squad of Matthew at the Oasis. <laughs> hey, it's all right. Let's see. I think I had. Let's see. What questions that I have? I don't even know what I was talking before. Oh, so which is highest level decoy in general, you know, whatever you're doing. And and I feel in I feel in general just the selection process and the, the stuff that and that's how I actually started seeing you is that I was I saw you an explorer page and like you were doing like footwork drills like on a tieback or something like that. Yeah, like a few years ago, and I was just like, dude, I was like, man, this guy's fucking putting in, putting in work, and like for me, it, it immediately clicked in because of like the fighting stuff I have been doing. But um, you know, you're super select decoy, you're you know highest highest of the high, as a as a decoy or as a decoy, you know, you know whatever we want to whatever the fuck we want to call it, man of attack, helper, all this other stuff. I think like for the most part, like what is like the the amount of physical like 
stuff you had to go through to get to that? I mean, I'd probably throw up after training sessions more than I wouldn't. I mean, I don't know. There's not an exact blueprint for it, but there is an exact blueprint for the decoy physical that a decoy has to go through. So um, they've actually, French Ring, France, they've just recently changed the physical that the decoy has to go through. Um, but a French Ring selection, maybe, I don't think people know this. Uh, to be a French Ring decoy, there's three levels. It's just like a dog. So you're a level one decoy. I mean, Schutzen, IPO, IPG. Um, level one decoy, level two decoy, level three decoy. So each one of those is a different test. And the test is three parts. You have to pass a written test on the motherfucking rules. Yeah. If you don't know the rules, you're not even gonna, they're not even going to entertain you. And... Dude, the written test is kind of hard. I know the rules and I'm like, wait, what? Yeah. So you pass a written test and then you have to pass a physical test, which if you go to ringsport.org, um, that's the NARA, North American Ring Sport Association website, French Ring in the States. You can see the whole decoy test, but you have to go through a whole physical test, dude. And I shit you not. I was in pretty damn good shape and I was vomiting after this goddamn physical. I mean, it was, it's a complete lifestyle to be able to pass this physical. When your boys come, I guarantee I'm going to lay out this physical in front of them. It may take them, if they're crazy professional, three months of intense training to be able to hang with it. I mean, it's kind of crazy. It's almost too much. Like there's a lot of good decoys that just can't even get past it. Like it's almost too much. Um, but the physical is crazy. I mean, there's running, there's a slalom course, there's shit that you have to do in the suit. Yeah, jump and, over hurdles and stuff too, right? And all the other stuff. Yeah, that was that was the older one. But dude, I've been jumping those hurdles for like seven goddamn years, dude. I mean, the hurdles, it is so brutal. And I love the physical. I love it because it separates everyone else. It's like, nope, you don't have what it takes to do this. I love the physical. And I, I, what I love about the physical is what it did for me mentally because I'm standing there. I'm on the brink of exhaustion. I feel like I can't go anymore. And I know I have to go and I have to do those the whole hurdles up and back again. And this is all time. There's a judge there with a stopwatch. And if you don't do it fast enough, you don't even get to go on to the dogs, dude. Like, you don't even get to. So the way that I thought about it was, like, it's a three-part test, and there's two things I can control. If I fail the written test, I'm going to hit myself in the face with a hammer. Because <laughs> if I fail the physical, I'm not going to fail the physical because I know exactly what's expected. I don't know what the dogs are going to do. And I don't know what dogs are going to be there. I don't know if they're going to bite me here. I don't know if they're going to run away. I have no idea what the dogs are going to do. But I sure as fuck know what that physical is going to do. So I almost trained like a like a wild animal 
just to get that confidence, like I'm going to smoke the physical. And then the other guys that were doing the physical as well weren't as prepared and they failed. But then they looked at me and they're like, this guy is an animal. This guy's an absolute crazed animal. And I feel like training for that physical did give me the edge a little bit mentally when it came to the work with the dogs. Um, but I'd recommend looking it up. It's like, you know, it, the, the physical, it's, it's tough to describe, but I, I'd recommend looking it up one day. Maybe one day I'll do a, a quick little video about it or something, but Dude, make no mistake about the French ring, that physical man, if you haven't been training for months and months and months and months and months and months, forget it. Yeah, you're going to get it. So that's, you know, the funny, the, the funny thing about like what you're saying, like the physical stuff. And like, I was talking about how, yeah, I watched like a lot of like the, the videos on, you know, basically years ago when you're posting about going for super select and all that, yeah. and all that is that immediately, like in my mind, I was like, all right. And like, I'll send you the video of like the pack life, um, documentary of when I was putting the guys through hell, um, are still doing that. But I would like, as soon as I saw that, I was like, all right, I got to make this harder. So like I would put the guys in training weight suits, have them jump a 10 foot wall, go back and forth, hide in a freaking hot van in 110 degree weather, run sprints, do all their stuff. I was like, I was like, dude, these guys are preparing. I was like, we got to prepare even more so doing like, you know, just drills and all that other stuff. I was like, it was like, so like a lot of it was like, you know, obviously beside the stuff that I was taught, I was like, a lot of it was inspired by the stuff that I was watching, like through you were, like, what you were doing. We so I was like, Dude, I was like freaking, I was like throwing these, like these guys were having to go over walls. These guys were having to, in training suits, help each other out. And like, you know, my guys aren't very big. <laughs> they're wearing training suits. They're made for me. <laughs> so like, you know, they're, they're over there trying to climb over these 10 foot walls, run sprints, you know, do the drills. Have them like lay on their you know, stomach, jump up real quick, catch a dog, drive the, like, you know, do whatever they possibly could. And I was like, it was all right. I was like, I'm seeing what these guys are doing in French ring. So. We got to be yeah. prepared for every every and anything possible that comes in front of you. Yeah, dude. And, dude, just to, to go off of that, you'd be so surprised. People would be so surprised um, for legitimate um, ring three work. If you don't know how to do it, you're gassed. Like, I remember when I first started Decoin, they're like, all right, Andy, ring three dog come at you face attack do your thing i'm like okay yeah. so the dog would come and i'm this and i'm that and i'm beating the shit out of the dog and like i'm not breathing and i'm exploding and i'm exploding and bah 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 so the dog recalls bro i'm gassed done yeah. i'm i'm completely gassed and now like the world-class decoys that i see now uh they do they do a whole trial. They do a super selection. They're barely breathing heavy. <laughs> I saw my boy, dude, my boy, um, Ivan from Mexico. Dude, I was just about to fucking say Ivan. Like, I was like, I watch his videos. I'm like, this motherfucker's barely like just, he's not dude. even gasping. It's just normal. Or just like, like talking as we are. Actually, I'm probably breathing harder than Ivan would fucking breathe in general. Dude, he, he destroys dogs and he expends no energy. It was hilarious. Okay, last year, November 2019, French Ring Championship in Florida. I was there with Jasper. I competed. We didn't win. Uh, but Bambino was one of the decoys. 
this motherfucker, Bambino, he decoyed the entire trial, both days, obviously. And then at the last minute, he's like, oh, you guys are doing a super selection? Let me jump in that. Just no fucks to be given. He's out drinking. No fucks to be given. The other American guys that were competing, they're And Andy will be back here shortly. So I'll wait for Andy to come back in. I advise you guys all to go ahead and look at his Instagram page, his website, all the stuff. Um, definitely want to take a look at this man's work ethic as far as what he's done. It's also being this uh, super slick French ring decoy. Uh, so 100% look at this man's work, uh, book of work and everything that you know he's done. So we will um, wait for him to come back in here. And who also we're talking about is uh, Ivan. Uh, if you look at him, he's one of the top super select French ring dogs in our French ring decoy in the world. Let's see here. Go ahead and go through some questions here. One of the top three issues uh, you see with dogs and their owners, uh, communication, uh, lack of separation, and lack of management. That's going to be the biggest thing that I see uh, when it comes to dog owners and their dogs. Yeah. The communication is not there because we just baby them up. And then, you know, the, the fact that dog management, letting dogs on couches, and all that other stuff and not creating a separation by letting the dog be in a crate and then just proper training in general. I'll take it real quick, guys. And he is gone. <laughs> all right, let me give it one second. I'm gonna mute my mic. I'll be. My fucking phone died. I had to go, uh, go to the restroom. <laughs> hey, you got me? I got you. Dude, I'm such a rookie. My phone died. Oh, dude, that's fucking... <laughs> I'm a Trust me, as, um, as one of the creators of this whole entire experiment, we've had, <laughs> we've had so many <laughs> problems with it. Dude, I, w 
I'm going to finish my story though. I got a great story. I don't know what the last everyone heard was, but Bambino decoying NARA championship last year, right? Pick up yep. where we left off. Okay. So there's American guys that have been training their asses off for months and months and months to do the super selection, right? And at the very last minute, Bambino just decides, hey, I'll do it. So not only does this man decoy the entire trial over the weekend, which is like a lot, dude. He jumps in the super selection last minute. He absolutely dominates, not even close. He's barely sweating. He's not even breathing heavy. And then at the end of it, they're like, oh, and the winner is Bambino. And, and he's just off to the side, like putting his suit away, like, very cool guys. Thank you. And just puts his suit away and leaves. Like it's just a normal day. Like when I won the super selection, I'm like holding up trophies. People are taking pictures. I'm like, this is my moment. And then Bambino was like, what is it? I want, Oh, very cool. Thank you. <laughs> just like let, like it was nothing, dude. I'm like, well, that's oh, all this fucking guy. You talk about like genetics, like I, what, what was he even in his suit since he was like 10 or something like that? <laughs> yeah, dude, just fucking met a real decoy, dude, a decoy's decoy. Like that man is just fucking, he'll, he'll get in front of any dog for any exercise and he's not sweating shit. You know how there's those, some dogs where you're like, oh, I got to work that dog. God damn. Nope. No, none of that with him. He's like, who is it? Cool. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it, bro. It's it's a different breed. That's how the, some of those French decoys are too. It's just, everything's just cool, fine. Yeah, we're good. No problem. <laughs> no problem. My my favorite thing is like, what the, the French rain decoys, like, if it's not an FR3, it's shit. Shit. It's just shit. <laughs> Baby. Yeah, Baby. So all right, so we're gonna get to two couple. We're gonna get a couple questions here. Um, let's see, beginner. Uh, it's basically basically a beginner decoy um, looking to get started in any aspect of decoying. They just want to learn, uh, and they want to know the best approach to do that. What's your advice? Buy my videos on pcu.primalcanine.com. <laughs> Bang. Um, duh, that's number one. Um, number two, I'll give you the stock generic dog trainer answer, which is find the closest club to you, become their slave, and learn everything you can from them. Uh, but someone that's looking to get into decoying, fucking get a good car. Get a really reliable car because you're going to be driving. You're going to be driving. I mean, you can fly if you want, but it's going to take a really good bit of traveling. And if you don't have any money, if you have a busy work schedule, then you better figure that shit out because you're going to have to go online. You're going to have to be up on Facebook. You're going to have to be in PSA groups, French ring groups, Mondial groups, IPG groups. And you're going to have to message a bunch of motherfuckers and be like, can I show up? Can I watch? Yeah. I want to learn. Can I do this? 
and you're going to have to grind your ass off. And then if you're lucky, if you're not a complete weirdo, some trainer is going to see something in you and they'll be like, all right, kid, you can, you can tag along during my club and watch what I do, but you need to be prepared to like grind for that because everyone wants to learn, Hey, I want to learn some stuff. Like you need to get a nice vehicle and you need to be prepared to drive your ass. I hope you can work remotely. Dude, that, so that actually, I mean, I remember what I'm going to, I'm going to address the other questions, but I think like that's one of the things with being a decoy. Like I feel like the good decoys feel it the same way is being a decoy is a privilege. Like I feel like being able to decoy is, it's a privilege. It's not just like, you're not a body just getting banged up. Like, you know, it's an art form, especially at higher levels, trials, Big. you know, anything like that. It's a huge, huge privilege. Um, and it's something that's earned. It's not given, you know, any dumbass can get in a suit and get fucking, you know, mauled by a dog, <laughs> mauled by a dog, but actually learning and training and doing those things is, is something that's earned, you know, yeah. and, and, you know, that's like what I, you know, I consistently preach to my guys. Like what I do is like, just because you have a suit doesn't mean you get to work the dogs. Like, you know, you gotta, you gotta continuously earn that right to, to work the dogs because you know, you're one, not only, you know, putting yourself in danger, but most importantly, you're putting the dogs in danger. And like, you know, depending on if you don't know how to catch jam, break a dog's neck, do something like that. There's problems. And the way that, especially the way that we decoy, you know, we're, we're fighting dogs for 10, 15 minutes, you know, we're rolling around on the ground with them. We're, you know, doing all this other stuff. Like, you got to be one physically conditioned and two understand how to manipulate the dog's body to create, create, you know, safety for them. Uh, and then, you know, if we start getting into fighting with the handlers, then, you know, then you have to understand how to protect the handler, protect the dog, protect yourself at the same time. So it's something that's earned in my opinion, that's not really like given. And like, I think people see a lot of stuff online. They're like, Oh yeah, this guy just got ran away and got bit by a dog. It, it ain't this not remotely like we talked about Ivan before um, or earlier in this in this chat like if you look at him when he's when he's standing there for a face attack like he's calm as shit and all of a sudden like you know one leg comes up boom dog's gone and people think like oh this is an easy thing like pff, absolutely not that's complete timing that's you know muscle mechanics you know that stuff that's been built into him and like just reaction time like it's, it's the slow motion aspect that you see when the dog's coming in you know, and, and that's through reps, you know, and that's through just training and going through it. That's what I love about ring, dude. I'm glad you said that because like back to what I was saying earlier about running a dog. And the dog's like, oh, I'm scared. And they go away. But what happens when you get a dog that isn't? What happens when you get a dog that isn't scared of you? You get blasted? And the yeah. dog wins, I guess. Uh, that's what I like about ring. Is because you can just stand downfield. You analyze the dog and it's pure technique, dude. These dogs don't run. These dogs don't get scared. They don't do that. Um, you're, you're not like spraying a hose in their face. Like, no, 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 it's not that. It's you're going one-on-one -on -one with the dog. And it is pure technique. They're not going to run because they're scared, but they can be held off of a bite if you trick them and have technique, and then their points start to go down. 
So a face attack is 30 points. If I'm a decoy and a ring three dog scores a 30 point face attack, fuck me. I just got destroyed. The dog just <laughs> had his way with me. If I have a ring three dog and he scores 20 points on the face attack, that's big money. That's big points right there. I, I really did my job there. So that's what I like about ring. And like you were saying about like, you're just stone cold downfield, like another day. It is pure technique. Like, you know, fighting, you used to fight. I don't know your background a lot, but you know, fighting, you used to fight. Imagine if you come out in a fight and you're like, yeah, I'm going to fight this guy. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> Never been in a fight in your life, but if you're like, all right, I'm going to fight this guy. Everything's counters. And dude, ring, you're a counter fighter. The dog's coming to bite you. You're not, the dog's biting you. So when the dog, I'm going to counter and I'm going to move that dog tries to bite here. I'm going to counter and go like that. So it's like, I started out in PSA, dude, I'm probably, uh, I'm five, six on a good day and 145. Okay. I'm a solid ass, be a solid featherweight, whatever it is. Um, and so these PS in, I'm just like, I'm not a battering ram. Like I'm not charging at these motherfucker. Like that's what I like about ring is because like, bitch, you ain't going to bite me. Like I at least have some, some kind of recourse, some kind of opposition. I'm not just allowing a complete blast to me. I mean, what fight like a courage test. Sorry, PSA people. (laughs) <laughs> Look, what I'm sorry guys what fight have you ever been in mike were you charged at the guy screaming with your arms in the air uh never <laughs> like that man so it's so it's not a fight doll so it's not a fight you just want to see if the dog's scared it ain't a fight it's not a fight you're just running at him like a battering ram it ain't a fight you're trying to see if the dog's a weak piece of shit or if he's strong. And then if the dog is strong, you're trying to see if it's trained enough to fucking let go and listen. Yep. But it's it's not a fight. When you when you see Axel Vallon do a ring three face attack with a legitimate dog in a championship, that's a fucking fight. It's the highest level of fight between decoy and dog, straight up, my opinion. No, I definitely agree. I mean, I, I like the... I like the aspect of like putting like all these together. That's what like, like Mondio, like with the environmentals and all of their stuff too. Like I respect highly, especially with like, yeah. you know, like all that stuff. Like, you know, I think that that's always like just super cool to me. And, you know, that's why we, we try to put, you know, that's why I'm trying to bribe all, all my, uh, all my PCU friends and decoys here that come to California. So we can <laughs> then work, work some of our, work some of our dogs here. <laughs> yeah. So, not gonna keep you much longer, brother. But uh, so Andy has a class this Sunday, right? This and Sunday. what are we going over here, sir? And this is what I want to make sure everyone understands and can feel the energy of uh, Andy Kruger's class this Sunday. What are we going over here? How to catch a French ring dog? Never before 
has there been a video like this? Spoiler, we shot it. We shot it yesterday. We shot it yesterday for a couple reasons. My Wi-Fi sucks. It cuts out all the time. Even if my Wi-Fi was splendid, I can't get that far from my house. So now we're going to pre-record them. I can use my entire French ring field. I can use my entire property. Bitch, that th it's still all live. It's one shot. <laughs> it's one take. This last video, I got a phone call in the middle because I messed up the do not disturb. <laughs> so there'll be one cut out, but Scout's honor. It's one damn take. There's never been, and I, I can post a picture after this. I have uh, a spray painted diagram on the field that, I mean, I think I invented. I've never seen before. It has the box, the decoys in. It has distances. It has arrows. It has the arcs that the dog has to make. Mike, you've probably seen this because you, you've probably seen the video that I recorded, but it's literally foolproof. Like, I'm telling you, like, when the dog is three meters away is when you need to move like this. Like, it's marked on the field. You can video it. You can see where the dog nice. is. So I have, a like, a legitimate diagram on how you need to move and how you need to catch a French ring dog. There's no videos where you can learn that. If you, if you hooked up with a great club, I mean, maybe. But still... Even at clubs, they're like, all right, dog's coming in, like slide behind the barrel. Like yeah. there's not a good, a good technical breakdown of it. And me, myself, I learned the hard way. Like no one ever gave me a technical breakdown of shit. They're like, get in a suit and run, pussy. So I never got a technical breakdown of anything. But you asked me at the beginning to come full circle here. You asked me what I liked about the PCU videos. Dude, I am breaking this stuff down and like relearning it and seeing little aspects and stuff that I've never seen before. So like, I know how to catch a dog, you know, like so good now, not to sound but like, I know how to, I don't even think I just, Oh, catch, catch, catch. But now I'm like, I need to break this shit down for people that don't know anything. So I'm making these diagrams on the field. I'm analyzing every possible situation. So if you watch French ring videos, you see Axel Volan doing all this crazy shit. You see dogs doing all this crazy shit. The video that I'm doing on Sunday, like without that base, none of that's happening. My video on Sunday is where any extremely high level dog starts. Like if your dog can't do that, don't move on. Um, so I think on the freaking internet period, it is the most in-depth comprehensive breakdown of how to catch a French ring dog. Um, it's probably 50 minutes. I probably could have made it 35. Let's be honest. It's a little long winded, <laughs> but I literally cover everything, everything. multiple times. So um, man, I, I just can't imagine how you can see an absolutely beautiful French ring catch and not wonder like, how does that work? So that's kind of what, what this video does. It like, it breaks down everything step-by-step, step, like exactly how you need to, to catch a French ring dog. And I do say this in the video, don't try this stuff if you've never caught a dog before. You know, I expect you have some experience catching a dog, 
Um, and don't do this with a dog that doesn't have technique. Um, yeah. My, the bungee, quality bungee work comes before my video on Sunday. So just for your training, just know that like your dog's a killer on the bungee. Hell yeah. Now my video on Sunday, now we're going to level up and take it there. So man, I'm excited. I had a blast filming it, dude. It was, so yeah, I can't, cool. I can't wait to watch it. And like for everyone watching this uh, episode now, or who are watching it in the future, all the videos Annie has been putting together are all things that you can watch forever. So forever. make sure make sure you catch those, make sure you watch those that we're continuously improving everything. Um, and yeah, man, I, I appreciate your brother for being on. Appreciate your being part of PCU, be part of the team. Uh, one of the main coaches, man. So I got to cheers you. I'll see you on the after show, brother. Yes, sir. Cheers, brother. Thanks guys. Thanks, Appreciate guys. You. Holler at me. Hell yeah. Hit him up. Later.